First, Steve Punt is sleuthing again amid the murky world of stolen art in Punt P.I. This is Punt's private eye. I'm not here right now. Please leave a message. Punt, it's Tracy. Got an unsolved art crime for you. A most audacious act completely perplexed the police just after the dawn of the new millennium, an impressionist masterpiece snatched and never seen by the public again. Track it down, punt, and beware of any Mr. Big out there. He might not take kindly to a prying P.I. Oh, and punt, watch out for fakes. So, if I was on the trail of a stolen painting, there was no point hanging around. I needed to refresh my memory of New Year's Eve 1999. And the 1st of January 2000 has officially begun and the sky is absolutely aflame. The Queen joined hands with the Blairs to sing in the New Year at the Millennium Dome. It was a time of hope. This will be the last time that you'll probably see me on the television this century. This millennium. It was a time of techno fear. The computer watchers say Y2K missed the party. Greets the year 2000. But in amongst all this dome-centred jollity, dark deeds were afoot. Thieves have stolen a painting by the French painter Paul Cézanne from the Ashmolean Museum in Oxford. And also this evening, why light-fingered scuba divers should give up their booty. It's a very distressing business, I have to say. I don't know what the dodgy frogmen were up to. But it was the Cezanne that stole the headlines. The painting was an oil canvas landscape by Paul Cezanne and was dated circa 1879-1882 and its estimated value is £3 million. Of course, with the New Year's celebrations, there was quite a lot of people about in the city of Oxford last night. And we'd like to hear from anyone who can remember seeing or hearing anyone or anything suspicious in the vicinity of the museum to contact us. Paul Cézanne's Auvers-sur-Oise had vanished. It was time to head to Oxford. Hi, um, can we go to the Ashmolean, please? Sure. Thank you. Actually, just round the corner from the Ashmolean, where I met John Chipperfield, who was news editor of the Oxford Mail on the night in question. We all know the clichéd Hollywood version of an art crime, a man on a roof lowering himself down on a rope in the middle of the night, but John was able to tell me about the sordid reality. Some building work was going on in St John's Street at the Sackler Library, where we are. There was scaffolding outside and the thief had scaled the scaffolding and then crawled across the roof of the Ashmolean. Right. He cut a hole in the glass roof of the gallery where the painting was and then lowered himself into the gallery on a rope. He had with him a smoke canister and a, an electric fan which he set off in the gallery obviously to stop him being detected by the security cameras there. He snatched the painting off the wall and escaped the same route he'd come uh, in. He has remained undetected ever since, so we still don't know where the painting is. Coming down a rope is one thing. Climbing up a rope while holding a painting, 
Yes, the painting wasn't that big. It's 16 inches by 22 inches, I gather. You probably put that under your arm. Yeah. Um, so after the thief came, uh, presumably pretty much here, came down yes. off the scaffolding with his Cezanne, yes. um, are there any further sightings or, or no. anything? And we did revisit the story a year after the theft and by then the police had closed the inquiry and said that they would only reopen it uh, if further evidence came to light and um, as far as I'm aware there have been no developments since uh, Right. Then. A decade and a half of no development sounded ominous. I thought it would be wise to put in a call to the Thames Valley Police to see whether the file had really been closed. Right, uh, Thames Valley Police. There we go. Let's, um, let's see what they say. Thames Valley Police, Press Bureau. All our lines are busy at the moment, so please try again in a few moments. The office is open from 7am until 6pm on weekdays and 9am until 5pm on weekends. At weekends. You are through to the Thames Valley Police Press Bureau. All our lines are busy at the moment, so please try again in a few moments. Minor crimes against the English language aside, they were clearly busy. So I decided to go into the museum, take a look at the scene of the crime and record a few notes. Just cased the Ashmolean there and... The uh, picture galleries, all the Impressionists are on the top floor. They're all in one room. The skylight is directly above them. And the room, because it's the top floor, doesn't have a particularly high ceiling. So you wouldn't have to drop very far on your rope. I could see how they did it. But why they did it is another matter. I wanted to find out more about what might happen to a piece of stolen art, particularly by an A-lister like Cezanne. What can you do with it? So I headed for Mayfair, a part of London where art galleries nestle between designer shops. Just around the corner from Christie's and Sotheby's auction houses is the Arts Club, where I'd arranged to meet a well-informed contact. Christina Trevanian used to work at Christie's and is a regular expert guide on TV antique shows. I asked her how, apart from going on Flog It, might somebody shift a stolen Cezanne. I don't envy your task because it's not as if you're stealing it to paint over it and do something else, whereas most of the thefts that I come across inevitably are people that steal jewellery, steal diamonds, steal, they, they are totally anonymous. You can melt them down, you can remake them, but they still have an intrinsic value. Your Cezanne is a total one-off and will only ever be because it's not something that you would ever, as far as I know, you would ever open up to the market again, certainly in our lifetimes, if not, if not a lot, lot longer. It would certainly be something that you would keep very buried for a very long time. If your Suzanne ever appeared on the market again, the alarms would be ringing around London. Yes. I mean, it's crazy. The alarms would quite literally be ringing, yeah, I think. around the world. Uh, <laughs> so does that mean that uh, the actual market for stolen art in its original state is actually very small? Yes, I would say very small. Very, very small. But did that small market include a pub in Coventry? Just weeks after the disappearance, according to new information, a sighting of the stolen picture was apparently made. A man called Nigel asked me to come to his canal boat where he would tell me more. 
although he may have overestimated my investigative credentials. All right, uh, mate, how are you going? Yeah. I know, with a microphone. CIA or something like that. Oh, uh, I won't mention your name in the proceedings. I'm often mistaken for a CIA agent. I think it's the coat. Nigel Ashby was landlord of the Malt Shovel in 2000. Well, I was called to the bar because the local police had come around to introduce a guy that they'd brought up from London who'd uh, heard that I'd got the stolen Paul Cezanne sitting on my wall. So this serious art theft officer came in, asked me my name, I confirmed that, and he looked around, he saw it on the wall, knew his stuff, and he went towards it, went to touch it, and went, whoa, 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 don't touch that, it's still wet. And that crucial clue was all Scotland Yard needed. You can't fool the experts. The two other police officers, one of whom I knew, said, so you've, you've done this? I said, yes. And there on the table is a copy of the Daily Mirror, the Sun. We had all the papers. And it was big news, you know, the big Ashmolean heist. And uh, he said, why do you do this? And I said, well, I've done all the art in this pub. I think it was the, the way it had been stolen. I mean, I read in the papers that there was CCTV and still photographs of them, because Oxford City Centre is cameraed, obviously. Wherever they went... They were walking along, using the picture to hide their face and moving the picture. Did you see a man walking through Oxford on Millennium Eve holding an Impressionist masterpiece over his face? I'd imagine they would have stolen it to order by an art lover. Not necessarily a, a lover of art, but a lover of possessing something that is immensely valuable and has this kudos of owning it and the provenance of, I know how they got it. Aha! Was this Tracy's Mr Big? It'll turn up again. They uh, always do. This idea of the eccentric millionaire collector pops up a lot. A quick dip into my DVD collection shows me it was around as long ago as 1962, when James Bond first entered the lair of Dr No and found, perched on an easel there, a famous picture stolen in real life from the National Gallery the year before. One million dollars, Mr Bond. You were wondering what it cost. As a matter of fact, I was. That scene may or may not have a lot to answer for. And talking of not answering... You are through to the Thames Valley Police Press Bureau. All our lines are busy at the moment, so please try again in a few moments or email pressoffice at thamesvalley.com. Does that mean all our lines are busy or both our lines are busy? Or maybe our line is busy? Uh, it was proving hard even to get a no comment. It was time to roll the dice and once again advance to Mayfair. Cezanne determined that there were 36 shades of black. To meet art world watcher Godfrey Barker, who had tracked down the picture images. on the Ashmolean's website. Yeah, it's a shimmering field of deep greens, a village hidden among woods with a shimmering field of orange and yellow roofs. Godfrey's fond of his shimmering fields. Seen from a bird's eye view with a complete contempt for accurate perspective. The Ashmo has 
sadly, very few impressionists. Now, in the permanent collection, you went to Cezanne and get the bleak reply, no object found online. Yeah. So if I were to find myself with a Cezanne on my hands somehow, what would I be able to do with it? Would I be able to sell it? Certainly not. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, far too well known, and anyone can look it up in a catalogue. Yeah. That, however, is the truth in London and New York and most of the capitals of Europe. Travel to South America, Steve, take it to a bank in the mountains of Venezuela, show the picture, open a book demonstrating that it is what it is, and you may well be securing up to 50% of a value that I suggest to you is between 6 and £8 million, pounds, 10 to $14 million right now. Right now? There are banks that are doing this. What we are talking about are banks and institutions far from London where not many questions are asked. Right. And as a result, it's possible to park a painting for 25 or 30 years, never seen again, but the money comes out and that's the end of the story for the thieves. Right. So the likelihood is that the painting went somewhere out of Europe, somewhere a long way away. Yeah. That's highly likely. So I suppose the obvious question is uh, if, if it's uh, impossible to sell without going to uh, the middle of South America, why would anyone steal something as well-known as a Cezanne? It's not well-known in the way that the still lives of the 1890s or the Mont Saint-Victoire mountain paint... Oh, bugger. Just will do. Julia! If you wish to, come down to Sotheby's with me later this afternoon and see all the highlights of what's coming up. Uh, I left Godfrey to his phone call uh, and got back to my own. You are through to the Thames Valley Police Press Bureau. Please try again in a few moments or email press office... I've just found a dead body. .pnn.police.uk Please do not leave a message here as this voicemail will not be Oh, this is worse than British gas. 7am until 6pm on weekdays and 9am I had a feeling that the budget wouldn't stretch to visiting banks in Venezuela, but recovering stolen paintings can be done, and I wanted to talk to someone who'd done it. Sandy Nairn is just that man. He was director of programmes at the Tate Gallery in 1994 when two Turner paintings on loan in Frankfurt suddenly went missing. The Tate wanted a fee to let us talk in front of the Turner collection, so we didn't. But handing over money is exactly what I wanted to ask Sandy about. Is getting your painting back essentially a matter of coming up with hard cash? Fee for information. A fee for information. You don't pay for a painting. You pay a fee for information leading to the recovery of a stolen work of art. The Tate paid around £3 million for the information that led to recovery. The police would always ensure that you were not making any kind of payment to people who'd been involved in a theft. So in the case of the Turners, I'm certain that they believed that these paintings had been handed on. One of the suppositions, but nobody knows for certain, is that high-value stolen paintings may sometimes be used as a kind of collateral in other criminal deals, in drug deals or in other deals. And I think there's quite a lot of evidence that that may be the case. Swap your Van Gogh's poppy field for some actual opium. But once the police have given the nod and everything's legit, is it plain sailing from there? 
between getting the first one back, which was in 2000, and getting the second one back in 2002, there were five other attempts that went wrong. I mean, five other occasions in which everything was set up for an exchange and something was disturbed, somebody got worried on the other side, somebody didn't think the information was quite right. And on two of those occasions, I was so certain that the second painting was coming that I had transport ready in Germany to pick up a painting because you don't want to be just standing there with a 12 million pound painting with nowhere to put it. Was this in a in a hotel somewhere? Was this in a the in first a car park? I, it was in uh, Lee Brooks's the solicitor. Uh, it was in his office and we'd been waiting for two days. He'd been kept saying, oh, well, something's coming, something's coming. And then it didn't, it didn't. And we, we'd said, no, we've, we've had enough. And suddenly, mm. as we were heading out of Frankfurt, this call came through and he said, come now, come now, come to my office. And there on his table, out of its frame, was number 531, the first of the two turners we got back. And it was an astonishing moment. This business of arranging a, a reward for information leading to recovery, would that be possible with the Cezanne? I would imagine, though it would need police supervision. I mean, the, one of the crucial things about this, people say, oh, well, isn't this just a form of blackmail or isn't this some form of extortion? And, and it must not be. It cannot be. And I think that that's the first absolute central rule, that there can only be something that the police themselves believe is justified, both within the law, but also, I suppose, justified within a perspective of public value. To offer a reward or a fee for information is the appropriate thing to do at a certain point. Since the Turners were recovered, the law has become even tighter, the Proceeds of Crime Act 2002 making it harder to pay for information leading to recovery. The whole business is rather like a piece of modern art a grey area that's hard for the layman to grasp. Still nobody picking up at Thames Valley Police. It was time to try the FBI. At least they wouldn't just send me to answer phone. Hello, you've reached FBI headquarters. If you're calling to report criminal activity, a tip or complaint, press 1. For internet crimes, press 2. To reach an operator, please wait or press zero. OK, but when I pressed the number, I got through to a real live human being. Hello, it's at the headquarters of Operator 23. How can I help you? Oh, hi. Uh, I was hoping to speak to someone from the art theft programme. Just a moment, please. Thank you. You're welcome. Although, clearly, they were at the end of a long night shift. <laughs> Hello, this is Bonnie Gardner. I had found the Cezanne on the FBI's website, listed as one of their most wanted top ten art crimes. Bonnie Gardner heads the art theft team, so why is the painting on the list? The Auvers-sur-Oise, we saw, well, this is a very important museum and this is a very important painting. It's not been recovered yet and really it is worthy of putting on the top ten art crime list. You know, have you seen this? Have you heard anything about the theft, about who perpetrated the theft, where this piece might be now? Any information that you have. And do you know uh, if any information has been forthcoming? No information has come to us on this painting. In the U.S., can a reward be offered for the recovery of a painting? Rewards are offered from time to time by either the victim or often by the insurance company for information leading to the arrest or information leading to identification of the thief or the person who's handling right. the stolen property, as well as the recovery of the work. Information leading to an arrest is quite different to information leading to recovery of the work, and there are plenty of works to be recovered. 
there are around 450,000 missing works of art recorded by the Art Loss Register, a catalogue of stolen pieces which buyers and sellers can use to check for dodgy provenance. The register is based in Hatton Garden, which is reassuring when you're dealing with high-profile theft. I asked James Ratcliffe, Director of Recoveries, what they have on the Cezanne. We have details of the picture itself, so the medium, the dimensions, any markings on it, and then we also keep details of the case. It was reported to Interpol. We have the Interpol theft references. Then within our case file, we also keep press reports... Cat burglar takes three million pounds, Cezanne. So the Times says uh, the burglar may have been working to order for a collector. Uh, does that sound right to you? Um, my honest answer is no, I don't think it does sound right, in that it's the standard narrative that always gets wheeled out whenever a picture is stolen, that it was stolen to order for a collector. Yeah. In this case... I think it's highly unlikely, not least because the picture, as I understand it, was cut out of its frame. I think the word I saw used in one press report was slashed. If I was a collector who wanted a Cezanne and I had enough money that I could afford to pay someone to risk life and limb clambering up the scaffolding yeah. and then climbing in down, I think it was a rope that they scrambled down yeah, into yeah. the gallery from on the glass roof and give that person enough money to convince them to do this and to risk my reputation, I would probably want the picture to be intact when I got it. Why would you pay for damaged goods? And if you've got enough money to commission someone to commit this kind of crime, yeah. you can probably afford to buy quite nice art anyway. There are very, very few reports in real life of there being these mysterious collectors who have hordes of stolen art. Yes. Do you think that we're likely to see this painting again? Well, actually, one of the things that we have noted on our database is that there are people out there who are aware of the location of this picture. And I think that's entirely possible. And I would not be at all surprised if it did pop up eventually, that... If it hasn't been destroyed, it will eventually reappear. But who and where? I'm at the end of my leads. In this business, you need to know someone who knows someone. And the someone who knows more someones than anyone agrees to meet me. He's waiting Bloody Mary in hand in the Randolph Hotel back in Oxford, right opposite the Ashmolean Museum. And under the gaze of the patron saint of investigators. Um, Sorry, tell me where the Inspector Morse bar is, please. Uh, they will be uh, very close to the reception, the main reception. OK. <laughs> Sitting opposite me, separated only by a bowl of olives, is Charlie Hill. Formerly a senior Scotland Yard detective on the Art and Antique Squad, now a freelance art theft tracker downer. When Edward Monk's The Scream went missing in Oslo, it was Charlie who found it. He's made many other high-value recoveries, and it turns out that a couple of years after the theft, he had a close encounter with the Cezanne. Found out from a, a man called Jimmy Johnson, who's a notorious uh, thief, convicted thief, so you're not going to get sued by him. I asked him, well, who's got the Cezanne? And he told me. So I told the police that. I think it was that time I got an email from them saying, well, from a charming detective inspector, my superiors have told him you have no further communication with you. He told the police? Hmm. But that was over a decade ago. What has happened is that um, 
Last year, I found out that the man who had had it for all these years was dead. And I managed to meet his son. And I asked his son what kind of condition was it in. He said, no, it was fine. I said, well, what does it look like? He said, well, it looks green. Last time I looked at it. A shimmering field of green? I said, all right, fine. And, and what do you want for it? And he told me he wanted 15 grand for it, sterling. 15 grand? You could forego the new kitchen and buy Cezanne. Then I heard nothing more. And then I heard, this is last November, that a man had given him, the guy I spoke to, 20,000 euro as there was a debt and he took the picture to relieve the guy of the debt. So the guy had 20,000. I suspect it was drugs, but I don't know. Some kind of villainy, I don't know. But anyway, so I tracked down the man who had the picture, having given the 20,000 euro to the son of the man who had had it for all these years. And uh, he told me, right, well, you could have it for 20,000. I want to settle this debt. So essentially what you're saying is you know exactly where this painting is. I don't know exactly where it is. I know exactly who has it. Right. You know who has who it. Who controls it. And you know how much they want for it. Yes. And compared to the value of the painting, it's a, a, a very modest amount. That's his point to me repeatedly, yes. But however modest the amount, it doesn't alter the basic problem. You don't want to pay for criminal activity. Yes. Although it, there comes a point, and I think we'll reach the point now in the last year, where, so far as the Cezanne is concerned, we need to get it back. And I think €20,000 for information leading to its recovery is perfectly fine. Proceeds of Crime Act obviously only applies within the UK. Has it increased the chance that paintings might go abroad? This painting is abroad. Ah, right. Yes. Okay. That's why it's €20,000. Right. Oh. Steady on. Information was coming out so fast, I was losing track of the basics. Um, is it in Europe? Yes. Right. And... The, the ransom that's, you know, you discussed is in euros. Do you mind if I interrupt you and yes, say... Yes, of course. Please, can you call it money for information leading to the recovery of it? Sorry. You see, that will keep me just, yeah, yeah, just on the right side of the line. Yeah, yeah. So, staying on the right side of the line, why doesn't Charlie go and recover it? Uh, uh, that's where I stopped. I'm, I'm stymied now because um, I did ask the director of the Ashmolean before he retired last year, uh, was there any chance of the reward being reinstated? which had been withdrawn after the passage of the Proceeds of Crime Act 2002. Right. So he went to the registrar of the university here in Oxford, and the registrar said no, and just leave it to the police. Right. So that was really irritating as well, because the thing about the Thames Valley Police, and police throughout the country, is they do not have the time. It takes so long, and it's so involved. Off the record, he even told me which country he's been told the painting is in. It's one of the 17 that use the euro. Obviously, I knew that. Charlie didn't inform the police of his latest intel, but I checked his story with Oxford University, who own the Ashmolean, and they told me the university considers the painting's recovery a matter for the police. So, what's the current status of the police inquiry? Finally, when I got past the answer machine, Thames Valley told me, Following a thorough investigation, no arrests were made and the property has not been recovered. All subsequent information received in relation to the burglary was reviewed. There are no active lines of inquiry at this time. Which is a shame. I was about to hire a van and see if Charlie needed a driver. But maybe there's a bigger picture I'm not seeing. One with many different perspectives. Who's really in the frame? Is the picture in Europe? Is it in Venezuela? Is it a double bluff and it's actually in Coventry? One thing's for sure. For the foreseeable future, it's definitely not in a gallery 
in Oxford. Punt P.I. was produced by Neil McCarthy. Tracy was played by Jessica Turner. And next Saturday, Punt is on the hunt for a missing pilot. You can download previous episodes of the series by searching the web for Punt P.I. Download. <laughs>